0: Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church, or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs HopeSpringsCob. Thank you, and enjoy. And just thank you for the start of this new year. We get to meet together. Thank you that we get to draw our attention to you, no matter what else is going on. But I just pray that you'd help us in this moment. Just tune in to what you are saying by by your holy spirit that we would catch the heart of the spirit that it would transform us and by transforming us it would transform the situations and the, the environments and the places that we're in jesus i'm just so thankful for your faithfulness that you don't ever let go of us no matter what is happening what is going on whether we feel faithful or not you remain with us and we just thank you for that and i thank you that this morning is another expression of that faithfulness towards us as you just speak and share your heart um do what i have to say in jesus name amen. amen so um we are embarking on again another um rule of life practice and um, so we've we've been looking at these and we have this idea that the that, that rule of life is a set of practices it's a set of spiritual disciplines um habits whatever word we want to use for that um but the idea of the term rule of life is, comes from what we talked about before that greek word for trellis and a trellis is a frame that enables a grapevine to grow upward becoming more fruitful and productive in the same way a rule of life is a trellis that helps us abide in christ and become more fruitful spiritually that we have these practices and they are not the goal They are a tool, a trellis that helps us all abide in Christ and therefore become more fruitful. And it enables us to do that, and this is the coolest bit for me, to do that irrespective of the environment and context and season of life we're in. That Jesus didn't talk about bearing fruit just in season, but it's in season and out of season. And therefore there's a sense of just this fruitfulness that just continues to come through, not because we are skillful or talented or particularly able but because we are those who are practicing certain things that enable us to abide in jesus and be fruitful um so doing this kind of helps us to to be with jesus to abide with jesus to be transformed by jesus and then to be like jesus and how we are with our families how we are with our friends our neighbors our colleagues our our world around us that we as individuals then start to reveal that to the world around us and i think Again and again, I feel like I keep coming back to the same idea that the intentionality around this is so important, that we intentionally practice these things, that sometimes I think it's so easy to be pulled along by culture, by by societal pressures, by circumstances, by whatever it may be. But if we can get to a point where we are practicing these things irrespective of the circumstance, then we bear fruit irrespective of the circumstance. And that's a beautiful outcome and it's that intentionality um, and it wouldn't be a message by me if I didn't get a Marvel quote in there um, but just that, my favourite quote probably from all the Marvel things is this idea of just planting ourselves and that is what it is to practice these things, that we plant ourselves in these practices, that we compromise where we can, we, we are flexible in terms of how we bring these into our lives but we're not flexible enough to not bring them in at all, that we bring them in somewhere, where you can't you don't even if everyone is telling you that something's wrong is right, even if the whole world is telling you to move, it's your duty to plant yourself like a tree, to look them in the eye and say, No, you move. And I say that in the context of sometimes we will feel pressure to behave in a certain way, to do things in a certain way, to move in a certain way on this. And actually it's that's interesting. You know, these things are life to me. And therefore I'm going to stick with these things irrespective of what I face. And they everyone else needs to move. These things stay, these things remain um so we've looked at two um practices in this rule of life so far we've looked at sabbath rest and we've looked at praying the scriptures or reading the scriptures and we're now going to spend the next four weeks looking at silence and solitude and looking at what that practice looks like for us and how we apply that practice for us now the interesting about silence and solitude is it we we could I think, technically look at them individually, um, but I think they go well together. I think they are two sides of the same coin, and I think therefore looking at them together is a really important thing. Um, And they are a practice that I think, for me, this is one of the most difficult ones to practice, because it doesn't require doing. And that is a tricky thing for me. I like fasting because it requires me to do something. I like prayer because it requires me to do something. Mm. I quite like reading the scriptures because it requires me to do something. Um, but this, along with Sabbath, are the ones that I find particularly tricky because it is the opposite of doing something. It's removing activity and stopping and pausing. And that, probably for a lot of us, is counterintuitive a lot of time. Um, so therefore it's a really really important one and a really key one so we'll look at them together silence and solitude but i want to kind of define them first and it's not rocket science but the definition of silence is the absence of sound no sound going on there now i'm going to look at what sound might mean um because sound isn't just the noise you can hear right now projecting Mm -hmm. from my voice it isn't just the noise that we might hear outside of the the road going by or the hum of a city or whatever it may be. That is part of this. Um, but it all is also the sound that comes from our social media stream or our devices. And our devices might make a sound when we get a notification. or they might not, but they still make a sound. And if we don't hear that sound or feel that vibration or notice that flash of the screen, they are sounding to us. And therefore, the absence of sound isn't just what we hear with our ears, it's the idea of the noise mm. that projects in on us, the noise that comes from pe- the public opinion or polarisation of viewpoints or whatever it may be, that noise that's in the news cycle, that this constant bombardment that we experience in our current society of noise. Mm. And therefore silence is the practice of getting to a place where we have a removal of those those things. Now that is tricky and that is hard Um, one way we can do that is with the practice of solitude because solitude it's really interesting is the state or the situation of being alone and I think that's a really key differentiation of it because we we can put ourselves in a situation where I am alone I could do that We could do that. Any of us can do that. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're in a state of solitude. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be silent. Because the easy way to kind of recognize this is that solitude and silence have to go together. Because I could practice solitude without ever practicing silence. Because I could be on my own, but just allow myself to be bombarded by noise. The easy option of that is, means she went out for a meal for my birthday uh, last night, it was a lovely meal, had a great time, Um, she went to the toilet, what's my immediate reaction when I'm sitting at the table on my own when she goes to the toilet, to get my phone out and scroll mindlessly through sport or something like that on my phone? Because the idea of silence in a busy restaurant, the idea of silence in that moment of solitude, I want to fill it with noise. Yeah. The same thing happens, we know, it when, when we do it, I don't know, you're waiting to pick someone up, when the kid's up from football, or hockey in my case, whatever it may be, or Georgia from guides, I pull up early and I'm waiting there, what do I do? I'll put something on the radio, or I will put, get, get, get my phone out, or whatever it may be, and they, they are not bad things. I'm not saying don't ever use your smartphone, but I'm saying the practice of solitude doesn't necessi- ne- necessitate the practice of silence. We have to be intentional about both equally the practice of solitude isn't just being alone it's a state it's that I can be practicing solitude in a busy environment because I'm just taking that moment to still myself in that in that space so this idea of practicing silence and solitude together um, is a really key thing and and it's so important because it's so counterintuitive to I think generally society, whether we talk about society today or even a thousand years ago or longer than that, but I think we are living in a moment where that is just amplified. And that idea of that the noise is just, we don't ever have to be silent. We don't ever have to be alone. Like in, in some form or whatever, we can connect in some way with somebody somewhere. And it's therefore this practice that, that's been practiced through the generations is an important one that we become intentional about. I actually think it's one of the hardest ones to be intentional about because I think it's one of the easiest ones to justify. We don't need to do it because we'll feel productive in our fasting. We feel productive in our pray, in our prayer. We feel productive in our reading of the Bible. All important things. We can feel productive in sharing our faith with somebody. We can feel productive in coming to church on a Sunday morning. We can feel productive in having a conversation with a friend. They're all good things. This goes against that productivity idea. But actually, potentially is the most productive thing we could do because it allows us to bear fruit in the context where we wouldn't normally Mm -hmm. so why do we do it the easy answer to that is because jesus did it um he practiced silence and solitude that it is almost impossible to read the gospels and not stumble across some phrase of jesus removing himself from a context or withdrawing to a quiet place or facing the devil in the wilderness or kind of going into the garden of Gethsemane his back goes across go and going to pray. Like this it's so littered that it almost means we can't see the wood for the trees. It almost is so obvious that we kind of miss it sometimes. Yeah. But Jesus constantly practiced silence and solitude. He constantly withdrew himself. Now if Jesus isn't in to do that, to re tune and re come into that space of just stilling himself and going I'm here with you, Father, then we absolutely need to make sure we are practising that same thing. As it says up here, that Jesus departed and went into the desolate place, that's Luke 4. Not only once, but regularly. He withdrew to desert desolate to pray, and that's in Luke 5. Also in Matthew, after the death of John the Baptist, Jesus withdrew from there in a boat to desert desolate place by himself. Constantly, we see this, that Jesus drew away from the noise and the crowds to be on his own, in silence, to just be with the Father, mm. to just silence himself. Yeah. That there's moments where he does it when fame is about to break out, and he intentionally withdraws himself from that noise of fame and success to go. I'm just going to be here now, and it's that intentional, regular practice that's so, so, so important. That it's interesting that Henry Newon. Um, A beautiful writer on this topic says, and it's quite a strong statement, without solitude and silence, it's virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. Without solitude and silence, it's virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. We can look spiritual, and we might even sound spiritual, but I would question the depth of our spirituality. I would say that it's probably fairly surface level because silence and solitude require us to go deep in ways that some other ones do I'm not saying other things are bad, but they require us to go deep because in that moment, there's nothing either side of me. It's just here. In this non productive, weird moment of just being silent, it requires me to go deep. And therefore, it creates a depth of spirituality that I think the others help with. But I think this does something significant for us. So the, this, we've looked at kind of briefly what it is. We've looked at kind of why we should practice it, which is a very simple answer, because it's, it is a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual practice that Jesus practiced. It's one he did, like, like he fasted, like he prayed, like he read the scriptures. He did this, and therefore that's why we did it. And there's so much, so much stuff around the connection between this and spirituality the connection between practice and silence and solitude and the depth of our spiritual walk and discipling of Jesus, to, to Jesus. So how could we apply it? I'm going to talk, the, again, there's lots of stuff around this, so don't just listen to me. Go and read, go and go study and things like that. But I'll talk about what I have tried to do in the last six months. Um, and I say try because this is the most challenging one I, I, I face. And what I do is I will find a quiet space now that sometimes is i'll have a shower and i will take five minutes in my bedroom before i go and get into business today now that is not always easy because often that is a time press moment for us as a household and therefore it doesn't necessarily work um getting up early doesn't necessarily work because we have young children which means early means you sometimes don't sleep because they wake up at other points so i say all this because sometimes my quiet place is in my bedroom but often what i found is that my quiet place is in the car five minutes before i start my work day that for me is when works because then i'm not leaving susie with all the kids while i just have this nice sealant moment on my own upstairs but equally i'm making sure that this thing sits before i start my day Before I start the productivity of my day, this starts it off. And therefore, I will take, at the moment, I started with two minutes. I'm now at five minutes, um, which sounds bizarre. If you've not practised this before, that sounds pathetic. Five minutes sounds like nothing. Five minutes is hard. It is tough. Strangely so. My target for the new year is seven. I'm going to aim for seven every day at the start of the day, just in silence. And what I do in that moment is I, for me, I will take three deep breaths. And I do three because um, I'm obviously super spiritual, but I like the idea that each breath is a, one of the Trinity. And I use that breath, that depth of breath, to welcome the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And I, I intentionally pray that. Before I go into. So I say, I do deep breath, welcome to my day, Father. And then I do the same for the sun, and the same for the spirit, because for me, it's an action that helps me engage in that moment. And I say that's for me, there is so many other ways that people do this and practice this, but there's just something about breathing and marking the start of it that I think is important. Now, the interesting thing is I will then, I, I, I have a time on my phone, and, but I keep my phone well away, um, not near me, um, but it's very hard to not kind of get two minutes into it and then try and look what time it is and realize you've got like three minutes left and it's just taking ages. And it sounds bizarre because it sounds like it's easy. And especially when you've got kids or you've got a busy life, the idea of five minutes on your own sounds wonderful. And it is, but actually there's something different when we engage with this process because it does something. It it just uncovers stuff, which is fascinating. Um, And so saying that, I would also make sure that you're kind to yourself. You will fail at this more times than you succeed that you will sit in that moment of silence and all will go through your mind is the million things you've got to do when this five minutes is over, <laughs> that you're gonna get into the work day, or all the terrible things that happened yesterday, or the <laughs> inconsequential things that you saw on social media, or you read on the news, or whatever. Just Your, your mind will just go into overdrive. Mm. And therefore, be kind to yourself, be gracious with yourself. Don't be like, oh, I'm so bad and spiritual, because that, that stuff, it needs to come up mm. And the more we practice this, and the more consistent we are with it, which is really, really, really key, that we start small, but let's start small and be consistent, what happens is that stuff stops coming up as regularly. It's almost like you just get into this rhythm of things. But actually what is key, and we won't talk about it today because it does go go into more detail later on, but one of the things they talk about in this spiritual practice is actually one of the things that is important to encounter is God, but actually it's also important to encounter yourself. Which sounds really weird, and a bit like navel-gazing, but actually, we live so fast, I almost imagine, I remember taking stuff to the tip once, and had the whole back of the S-Max down, full of stuff, probably this time of year, but last year, Um, and I was driving, and I wasn't paying attention, and so I broke quite quickly, and obviously, as you do that, everything behind me just went smack into the seats in front of me, because all the seats were down, so it was just like this slide Um, but it's interesting because that I think is what happens when we go into silence it's like everything that that has been with us Mm. it's like we stop and it all just goes smack Mm. into your mind all the stuff we've ignored all all the kind of anxieties and fears and worries and pressures everything that's just just been living here Mm. underneath the surface we stop and it all comes clattering towards Mm. and therefore if we don't stop it's always going to be there but we just don't know it But actually when we do stop, what we're doing is we're starting to allow ourselves to unpick some of that stuff with God and start to deal with some of that stuff. What are we feeling anxious about? What is it that's coming up there? Because those things are forming us. My anxiety is forming me whether I realise it or not. So by being in stillness and letting it come before me with God, I can actually then start to deal with that, which means then it stops forming me and Jesus starts to form me instead. So, but b be the key is it is, 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 is pick something that you can manage. start with two minutes, but commit to that every day for a week, for a month, whatever it is, but just commit to it and if it feels rubbish, know that it's doing something. know that it's kind of it's, it's working something in us. there's again lots of stuff i I do this, but I'm a very visual um, thinker. <coughs> sometimes it's helpful to visualize something. Sometimes there's things that I felt God dropped a thought in my mind, but then has become the thing I visualise for the next month. Um, I had one recently about this idea of just, just resting in, in the expanse of God, and that therefore, almost like in an ocean, that has become the thing I will try and picture to engage my mind, to try and have something to engage with. But I would stress, and this is important, don't try and make this something. Don't try and force it. Because that again is a temptation. It's not a mental exercise to then have space to imagine. That's okay. But actually let let it be awkward and uncomfortable so that we can encounter God. Or ourselves. Or, we'll talk about it uh, in a few weeks time, or the enemy. Because that's what Jesus did in silence as well. He encountered the enemy. He went into the wilderness and went against the devil. And therefore, that doesn't always sound exciting. But But it's these things that happen in this space that actually don't happen in other spaces. Which is fascinating. But but have that almost uncomfortableness to say, God, I'm here for you and you alone. Therefore, if this is a waste of two minutes or it feels like that, then so be it. But I'm here for you. And almost trust he will engage. Trust that he is waiting for this moment. There's a beautiful book um, that's been on my wish list for a long time, which I've not actually read yet, but I love the title. And it's called uh, Three Mile An Hour God. And it's written by, by when you read, he wrote it because he said often we run at a fast pace in our Christian walk was actually God walks and the walking pace is three miles an hour and actually therefore just slowing down and stilling ourselves and being silent actually means that the God who's been waiting to engage with us actually starts to is able to engage because we're not rushing off to the next thing so that again is an idea I will find a quiet space that works could be the start of the day, could be the end of the day, whatever kind of works for you. I think there's a key in that, and I'm wondering a bit here, but there's a key in that. I think sometimes, it's my little pet peeve at the moment, we sometimes put a lot of emphasis on what works for you, as if like, if it doesn't work for you, it's okay. Now, I'm not here to condemnation or guilt or shame, but I'm saying, yeah, it can work for you, but it needs to be something that actually you do. Does that makes sense? It's not like, it doesn't really work for me at the minute of this stage of life. It's like, we have to make it work. But we can make it work within the rhythm of our lives. Mm. Does that make sense? Like um, It's not about, or it has to be this way in the morning at the start of the day because that's the most spiritual thing to do. If that doesn't work, don't do it. But it's not that or nothing. It's okay, that doesn't work, but where would work? Mm. Like, what could I sacrifice in my day to put one of these practices in place? What what would that look like for me in the rhythm of life, the the, the stage of life I'm at? Because it would be completely different for different people. Um, but find that quiet space, give that time to it and be consistent with it. Stick at it. Keep keep going, even if it feels like it's not not always working. We've talked about this a bit um, and I've not really had a conversation with Sai about this yet, so we'll see whether how exactly we unpack this. But I think... There are these three things that are often talked about within this practice about that we encounter ourselves, that we encounter the enemy, whether that's the flesh, whether that's the, the world, whether that's um, the devil, and we encounter God, um, which is a strange mix of things to encounter in, this, in one space, but it might be worth us looking at some of those so that we all have an idea of what to expect. Because it's helpful to know that when we engage with this, it won't feel probably as deeply spiritual as we think it, it it we imagine it being this kind of tranquil moment of like complete like calm and serenity it can get to that point i believe but at the moment if you're starting this it probably won't feel like that i remember it's a really weird memory i remember vividly one of my mates at, at when i was like probably late teens went to his house and his brother his younger brother you should just lie on his bed and just look so peaceful lying on his bed, like in his room, just like lie there. And it's a really weird thing to describe right now. But I used to watch it and think like, how, how does he do that? Because if I lie down, all everything I'm worried about, everything I'm thinking about just will rush forward. It's not a peaceful moment for me. But I remember watching that and thinking, there's something he's caught that is this calm, this peace. And I think it is that, that we can start to be those people that bring a non-anxious presence into stuff when we practice this because we just come to that place eventually of going god you are you before everything and i found that stillness and that stillness transforms me so that i start to transform other people too so yeah expect to encounter yourself expect to encounter all the good bits about you but also the bad bits expect to encounter the enemy expect to encounter god expect to also do the impossible because i think it's really interesting that I was thinking about this the other day. It's been a big focus of my my kind of thinking and prayer and study over the last few weeks or so. It's like Peter walking on water. And just, I was thinking about in the context of this. That Peter stopped walking on water, not because walking on water was too difficult or too impossible. But Peter stopped walking on water because he got distracted. Mm. He got distracted by the wind and the waves that were boisterous around him. And actually, when we bring ourselves to a position of solitude and silence, it's what we're doing is we're really speaking and challenging distraction. We're saying, I'm not going to live my life distracted. And actually, what that does is it enables us to step out of the boat and walk on water and not just do it temporarily, but keep walking on water and keep in that space because we're not allowing ourselves to be distracted by the things that are spinning around all the time. And I think, therefore, what to expect is start to expect yourself to do things that... That transcend the possibilities of normal everyday life. Whatever that might be for you. That Jesus walking on water and Peter walking on water is something that speaks to walking above evil. Walking above the current system of the world. That Jesus talked about being fishers of men. Why? Because it was about rescuing people from the current system of the world and bringing them out into a safe space. Beautiful picture. So Peter walking on water is him walking above that system mm-hmm. and therefore doing the impossible. and therefore I think it brings us into this place of actually if we can put away the distractions and enables us to start to do the impossible. So I'm going to stop there, other than to say this is an invitation. It's an invitation to something that I would strongly encourage every single one of us to engage with, in, however you can do that. Whether it's for two minutes, for five minutes, for ten minutes, if you're wonderful. Um, Mother Teresa um, who probably lives at a different level of spirituality to most of us. Um, I think it was Hen- Henry New asked her, What would your one piece of advice be for anyone that wanted to have the level of spirituality that you have? And she said, give God one hour a day and do it consistently. And you'll, you know, and then do the right things, and you'll, and you'll find that kind of level of spirituality. Now, I'm not saying go for an hour. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is, I think as we start where we are and do this and be consistent with it, it, it deepens something in us. Um, so I'll finish with a beautiful quote that kind of just caps, captures that invitation it's from Ruth Haley Barton, who has written a beautiful book on this, um, and it says, "The invitation to solitude and silence is just that." It's an invitation to enter more deeply into the intimacy of relationship with the one who waits just outside the noise and business of our lives. It's an invitation to communication and communion with the one who is always present even when our awareness has been dulled by distraction. It's an invitation to the adventure of spiritual transformation in the deepest places of our being. An adventure that will result in greater freedom, authenticity and surrender to God than we have yet experienced. So Jesus, I just pray that you would help each one of us in the room, but also in the room next door, and whoever's listening in other ways, you'd help each one of us to put this practice into practice. Please do not let it just be some nice information. Let it be something we do. Let it be something we action. Let it be something we we put into place in our lives. Help us be kind to ourselves as we explore this. But most of all, please, please, please let us encounter you we might be as it says transformed on a deeper level than we've ever experienced up till now in jesus name amen, amen.